You're listening to Spark Hustle Flow, the podcast that teaches money pros to launch, grow, and yes, even scale your virtual financial service business. And I'm your host, Kimberly Stevenson. Let's dive in and get started. Are you that entrepreneur who has more passions than a Crayola box has crayons? If you are, then you'll really want to listen to this week's episode. Hey guys, welcome to episode eight of the Spark Hustle Flow podcast. This is our final episode of the launch series, and I really wanted it to be about a fun topic that we all need to hear about, for real, for real. Monica Monfrey is our guest today, and she works with us gently seasoned entrepreneurs to help us create Instagram accounts that really get the kind of traction we need to build our businesses. From teaching high school to leading yoga classes to running her side hustle coaching business, Monica is leading the way for multi-passionate side hustlers. And as we mentioned, she knows a thing or two about Instagram too. She developed her signature business framework after feeling burnout from teaching and was determined to find a better way. The framework helps multi-passionate entrepreneurs focus on growing a soul-centered business while delivering fabulous content. Even though she's running between teaching literature, leading vinyasa, and helping her clients get visible on social media, you can always stop her in her tracks with a mocha and some mint M&Ms. Oh, and sparkly pens, because, well, she's a teacher. I had the best conversation with Monica. I learned so many incredible tips and tricks to help me with my own Instagram account. And I'm sure that you'll feel the same way, so much so, that I know you'll want to share this episode with your friends. When you do, just tell them that this is the one about growing your Instagram for finance pros. Now let's get it. Hi, Monica. How are you? I'm good, Kimberly. How are you? I am doing well for a rainy day here uh, on the East Coast. (laughs) I'm so excited (laughs) to have you join us today. Same. I, I love like just chatting all things Instagram and all things. Yeah, I'm super excited, mainly because my Instagram is a whole hot mess and uh, I haven't gotten it to where I really you know, want it to be. And so I think that I'm going to learn a lot from you today for myself and you know, our listeners will be able to, to glean a lot of information from what we're going to talk about today, too. So I think that as a linear left brain person, that that's the reason that I struggle with Instagram so Mm -hmm. much. You know, I'm not the creative artsy type. And that's my idea of who you have to be in order to have an awesome, you know, Instagram profile. And I really get stuck in things like, should I have a grid or what should I post when and all of that kind of stuff. So hopefully you're going to be able to help us with a little bit of that today, right? I can. I have some great ideas. Awesome. 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 So first tell me, how did you get started working with people around, you know, building their Instagram out and building their following on Instagram? Yeah. So it's such an interesting journey and I'll like keep it as short as I possibly can, but I am 43 now. So I started doing Instagram when I was 39 because I became a yoga teacher. And, you know, it's hard to get a job in New York City as a yoga teacher if you've never taught yoga before. But it's also hard to find clients if you don't have a job teaching yoga because it's hard. So somebody said, well, you should look at Instagram. And so I started like I had an Instagram. It was a lot of like pictures of me at brunch because I really was using Instagram as a way to connect with my friends. 
Right. And so I slowly started to like switch it over to do more yoga pictures. And I started to pick up more traction. And then a couple, I was like teaching yoga at a co-working space here in New York City. And somebody said to me like, well, can you help me do this? And I helped them. And she said, this was like two years ago, not even two years ago. This was just a year ago. She said to me, you know, you should teach a workshop on this. You're like really good at it. She's like, especially for women who are in their forties and fifties. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, and then of course the pandemic happened. And that's really quickly how I pivoted into creating my very first Instagram course, which is called the Grab and Grow Collective. And just found that there, there's a lot of people out there teaching Instagram, but my first clients were a lot of women who were my age or a little bit older who were like, I just don't understand this. And my kids talk to me like I should just already be getting it. And so that's how I started. And then as I just moved through that, I started to realize that there were so many people out there who wanted that one-to-one support or were like, you're a teacher, you actually teach it. Yeah, I think I struggle with a lot of the same things. I always felt like, you know, it was something for the millennial crowd or even, you know, the younger, what is it, the Gen Z crowd? Yeah, I think the Gen um, Z now. <laughs> <laughs> that they were dealing with. You know, I was on Facebook a lot and I'm very comfortable in that space, but Instagram just wasn't my bag. And so I totally agree with you that, you know, us more seasoned folks, <laughs> women of a certain age, I guess. <laughs> You know, it's a little bit harder for us, right? It's such a very different thing. And I always say, like, I know we don't have to say how old we are, but I sometimes find that when I'm speaking to people or I'm showing up and I say I'm 43, people switch because you can't see me right now, but I I tend to look a little bit younger that Mm -hmm. when they hear my age, it all of a sudden becomes like, oh, if you can do it, maybe there's like a chance that I can figure it out. So that was really how I started. And then as I started to get more like working with more clients, they started telling more people like, oh, you should go and work with Monica. The way that she talks about things makes it really easy. And I go back to the fact that I am a teacher and it's very like how I do everything is through the lens of a teacher and really making it accessible. So that has been how I've like shown up in the Instagram space. And, you know, know, even as an Instagram strategist, Instagram coach, I have a love-hate relationship with Instagram as well. But I have realized that what I do love about Instagram that is maybe a little bit different than Facebook is that people are there for, there's not as much a, how do I say this nicely? On Facebook, I get in a lot of Facebook arguments with people and I just Mm -hmm. don't find that as much on Instagram. And maybe it's the algorithm, it's different. Maybe none of the people that I would argue with from my family or my friends are on Instagram. And maybe it's just that I've also curated a place on Instagram that is really focused on the things that I like to talk about. So it has been a little bit more curated for me than Facebook. But I also still have a love-hate relationship because anything with an algorithm makes you have a love-hate relationship. Absolutely. Between the algorithm and them changing the algorithm and likes, you know, you hear today, likes are not as important and they focus on other things, which I have so many questions about. It's like you can never feel like you get it. That's why, you know, it's it's ever changing, it's ever evolving. And it's like, just when you think you kind of understand, then they they change things on you. And so, yeah, that's been my struggle. So let me ask you this. Is having an Instagram account, in your opinion, an absolute must for someone who's in business? It's a great question. I'm like a 90% must have to have one. I think only because there are so many other places that lead to an Instagram and Instagram has added some really cool new features 
like the guides that allow you to create something and backlink it. What I don't think that people need to be as concerned about is having a 10,000 person following an Instagram or posting every single day or three times a day. Rather, it's the presence and the quality of content that you're putting out that I think is the most important part of Instagram. You know, I get a lot of clients who are like, I ask them, how many followers do you want to have in 30 days? And they'll say 5,000 or 10,000. And I, I always ask them, but why? Like, mm-hmm. why do you want that? And there are some reasons, like if you're into book publishing, your publisher might have a prerequisite. But I always say to people, you can buy followers. I don't recommend doing that. But like, it's never about that. It's about the engagement and the connection. So I have this analogy, which I think is going to be the best way to answer that question is, like, I live in New York City. I live in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. But I oftentimes commute to Manhattan. My best friend lives in New Jersey. I'm not a huge New Jersey fan, but I go there fairly you know, mm-hmm. when we can travel a couple of times a month. And then my mom lives in Wisconsin where I'm from and I very rarely go to Wisconsin. So that's how I feel about social media. Instagram is my home. It's my Brooklyn. Facebook is my Manhattan. LinkedIn is my New Jersey and TikTok is my Wisconsin. So I'm present in all of them, but how often I hang out there, how often I visit varies. Just kind of like how my travel plans vary. I love that. I love that analogy. And you're right. You you make things accessible and understandable. And that's the teacher in you. So thank you for breaking it down for me like that. That really helps me understand. And so I did a little bit of prep work again with you being a teacher. Hopefully you'll appreciate this. But I did a little bit of prep work before we jumped on our call today. And so I was thinking that some of the questions that I would ask you, I'd kind of start from the, the top of when I think of an looking at my Instagram profile and and kind of work my way down. And so I've seen every type of advice you can think of when it comes to your bio, everything from basic, keeping it basic to making it complex, right? And so tell me, what do you think, what are your tips on how to have a great bio that's going to make someone want to follow you? Or, and is it the bio that helps people make that decision? I think it's twofold. I think it's your profile picture. So we like to see smiling faces. Even if you're a brand, even if you have a logo, people like people buy from people. And then with the bio, I think a, a while ago, it was like, put all the hashtags you can in your bio because hashtags helped you get discovered. That has switched a little bit as Instagram has moved more towards keywords. So I really think your bio, like also helping statements. We all say like, I help women do this or I help entrepreneurs do this. And that's great, but there are a billion users on Instagram, which means I think it's a billion. It's a lot. There's a lot Mm -hmm. of people then saying that they help people. So sometimes we have to cut through all of the like the words helping and that and get really to making the bio about your follower. So Mm -hmm. like talking to them. So I always say you can write your helping statement and then take the word help out or find a different word. Like what can your what can your follower gain from you? What's gonna happen to them if they engage with you? And then the most important part, like there's a lot we can argue about whether you want to have a CV like bio with a list of all the things that you've accomplished or different, like your podcast and different things. But the most important part of a bio that like is not arguable is the call to action. At the very end of your bio, you have to ask your audience to do something with you. And usually because the way the Instagram bio is set up, the website link is below you having a direct call to action which what with what they should do with that link. Should they download your freebie? Should they book a call with you? Should they join you at a workshop? Should they buy this from you? And so, you know, the rest of it, I always say like, when I work with clients, we can talk about what's comfortable for you. 
But what we cannot argue, like there's no arguing, you have to have some sort of call to action. You have to ask people to do something. And that's probably the thing that I see that's missing the most when I do Instagram audits is like, it's not clear what to do. And so on that specifically, on the call to action, right now I have a link tree link in my bio as the as the link, right? And so I think they call it what, LinkedIn profile tools or something like that. And so do you recommend having something that's a direct call to action or is it okay to have some, you know, LinkedIn profile tools? I think there's, you know, one isn't better than the other. It's a matter of like, how many options do you give the person in your link tree and how clear are you? So if your link is like, come listen to my podcast, but the podcast is the third bullet down, like moving that to be the first bullet. And we always, I always say to people too, we want to remember that the main purpose of having somebody click on your link in your profile is to get their email address because we don't own Instagram. We don't own Facebook. And so we need to, we want to get that contact. So that's my thing. I, sometimes I see people who have like 20 different links in their profile and that seems a little bit overwhelming. I mean, so I like to keep what I do use a LinkedIn profile app or my own website page. I like to keep it Mm -hmm. to about three, typically like whatever my freebie is, maybe an event that I have coming up. And then if there's like some place that I've been featured on. So it's really the, the choices are a little bit more narrow for the human brain. Okay, so around three and be very strategic with what it is that you're sharing. Yeah, and check your links often to make sure that they're still working. (laughs) I've had that happen too. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Good point. Really, really good point with that. And so you said that you recommend, you know, 90 plus percent of the time that a business has an Instagram presence. And so... One of the things that we talk about a lot is go where you believe your ideal client or your your target audience is hanging out. And because our listeners are mostly money pros, so bookkeepers, accountants, tax professionals, those sorts of people, in your opinion, is that a place, like what's the differentiator with where clients hang out? Is it based on what they do? Or is it based on more personal demographics, like their age demographics and things like that? What should we be looking at there? Interesting, because I hear that often. And about 50% of Instagram users are between the ages of 22 and 57. That gives us a pretty wide swath of range. But I also think it's important to think about that so many women and men and, you know, a lot of people are going down the entrepreneurial route. And so as Instagram continues to be free marketing and free advertising, we are seeing that people are there. And so for me, it would be a matter of thinking about which hash, like doing some research on your hashtags and seeing if people are there. I often don't think that like you need to show up every single day if you're not sure if your ideal client is there, but showing up enough that Instagram knows that you are showing up. So when people say be consistent, and I'll say to my clients, like be consistent, I don't mean that you have to post every single day and be inside of your Instagram stories, you know, every single hour and do a reel every single day. I just want you to be consistent in that you post on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and you have something running in your stories every single day. And that can be consistent. Instagram is kind of like, it's like a workout. I always tell people, It doesn't do you any good if you show up and do like 60 minutes of working out, but only like two times in the month. That's Mm -hmm. great, but it's not going to help your body. It's the same thing with Instagram. Instagram would rather see you show up every day for 10 minutes and post three times a week than to try to do all of that in one day. So that's 
again, I have analogies. I'm an English teacher, but I feel like that's helpful. Listen, I'm the analogy queen. Like that's how I learn and (laughs) and make connections. (laughs) So if I can't pinpoint it to some fun, you know, little story or something else, it's not clicking. So I totally, totally get it. So thank you for your analogies. Keep them coming, really. So one of the things you also mentioned was that there are so many other places and I guess platforms that are pointing to Instagram right now. One of those platforms being Clubhouse, which is where you and I happen to connect on Clubhouse. And Clubhouse only points directly to Instagram and Twitter right now and not to Facebook. And so do you think that that's always going to be the case with most other platforms? It's like, are they pushing Facebook out, you know, of the mix? Oh, not if Facebook has anything to say about it, but I I, um, I think- Right, Mark Zuckerberg, I hope you're not listening. (laughs) Yeah, one of the things I think that makes Instagram, such a friendly place for people to go from Clubhouse is the ability to like have these bios, have these links, but also the direct messaging system makes it really handy. And it's on your phone. Facebook Messenger is just not as like easy to navigate as it is on Instagram. What I really love about what this has changed my life as a strategist is like telling people to get in the DMs now. It's not so slimy, right? We have to get inside Mm -hmm. people's DMs. And so, you know, I was just doing a workshop with some people and they were saying like, I'm only on LinkedIn. And I said, well, here's the thing. You create an Instagram and when you're on Clubhouse, you just make your link in your profile to be your LinkedIn profile. And keep it simple. There's so many ways. Like I think I hear so many times we complain about like Instagram does this or Facebook does this or Clubhouse does this. And the reality is like, we'll just work around the system. That's how they were. They weren't created to like meet all of our needs. So I do believe that if you have an Instagram, but you find that most of your clients are on LinkedIn, but you're using Clubhouse, you send them to your Instagram and you either have them go then to your LinkedIn or you have them DM you and you send them your LinkedIn profile. There's We wouldn't want to not use this awesome tool just because it doesn't Absolutely. send people directly to, to LinkedIn. And here's the other thing. LinkedIn has stories now too. I do a lot of Instagram coaching and reels, but you can use that same information on your LinkedIn. So what's really awesome is if we start to think outside of like the narrow confines of the one app versus the other, they're going to work. So if you're listening and you take a lot of your clients on LinkedIn and you're like, I just don't know how to create content on Instagram. Well, we go back and you look at some of the content that you have from your LinkedIn and you just copy and paste it and bring it over because again, it's about showing up on your profile and if that's going to resonate with people, but that will help somebody at least get started and create that, I love it. that whole idea. You don't have to create new content. I always hate that idea of like, oh, I have to write new content <laughs> just for you. Yeah, that's, and, and that's scary and, and can be so overwhelming. So yeah, I love that. So let's pivot a little bit to the actual content that we're using on Instagram. And I am one of those people that you were describing who I get really overwhelmed at the idea of being somewhere every single day, right? I'm committed to to Facebook. I have Facebook, a Facebook group. That's kind of where I contain all of my, even my clients that are in my paid programs. When we get together, we use a Facebook group to do that. And so I'm always on Facebook every day. And so when I think about creating content for Instagram, you know, I do initially, you know, get the get the sweats and the shakes when I'm thinking about it. 
And one of the questions that I wanted to ask you was, what's the recommended, or it doesn't even matter, but I'm an accountant, and I think in numbers and ratios and things like that. So you, we talked about being consistent. We talked about that not meaning every single day. But what's the breakdown on the ratio of value posts and like sales posts? Like if I'm not there every day, so if I'm there three days a week, so one day is a value post, the next day is a sales post, and I'm just alternate. Like, how does that work? Yeah, I think you can do it as alternating. I also think what's a really powerful way to use sales on Instagram is to use Instagram stories, whereby because the stories disappear every 24 hours. And so you can have some really nice value posts. And then at the end of it, either use my two favorite things, tell people to go watch your story to see what you're up to. Or I love the PS on a good Instagram post, right? So you could have a lot of value. And then at the very end of your post, have a PS that says, PS, I'm currently accepting three one-to-one clients. It's tax season. If this is you, go ahead and drop an emoji below or say hi in the DM. So most of the post itself is value. And then there's just that like last two sentences that have a little bit more of a call to action. It's kind of like when you send out an email and, you know, we know that there's different ways that people read email, but I'm always a fan of like, I'll scroll to the end because I know that the most important thing that you don't want me to miss is in the PS. Mm-hmm. And so you can do the same thing on your Instagram posts as well. Little side note, did you know Mark, about Facebook Creator Studio? I've heard of it. I haven't used it yet because I feel like there are so many new things that are, and I'm, I know that's been around for a bit. I haven't really dug into it though, because I've been so active for the past few months on Clubhouse. I just, I just haven't taken the time yet. But so here's the one like benefit that, yeah, here's the one benefit for someone who is on Facebook and is like working to get more on Instagram. So Facebook Creator Studio allows for you to post from Facebook to Instagram and from Instagram to Facebook, and so it's a little bit Love handy. It. And you can post from your laptop or your computer. So instead of having to do it, the other resistance some people have on Instagram is it's just not as much fun to like be on your little Mm -hmm. phone trying to do it. So I actually do a lot of my posting through Facebook Creator Studio now. So you can use repost stuff from your Facebook to your Instagram. I thought that might make you a little happy. And that, so Facebook Creator Studio, but what I don't know is, is it only for people who have Facebook pages? Do you have to have Uh, a Facebook page in order to have have Creator Studio? I think you have to have a business page to know a business to have page, it. right? Okay, got it, got it. And so that brings up the question of what are your feelings on using third-party schedulers for your Instagram posts? Because I know at one point it wasn't like they they weren't getting as much love from the algorithm, and I don't know if that's changed or not, but it's like they could tell. Yeah, I think what happens is, so this is, I've tried one and I haven't really used one. I mostly use Facebook Creator Studio. I'm like, I'm a seat of the pants type of girl. What I'm going to tell you is what I tell my clients. I don't think it's that they were getting pushed on the algorithm. I think it's that people were forgetting that you have to engage when you post. So people, like if you're sending out your post at nine o'clock in the morning and you're at work and you don't even pay attention to the post or to your Instagram until 12 o'clock, It's like you're ignoring your friend. And so they're Mm going to ignore you right back. So my biggest point is that if you know that you're scheduling a post every other day at nine o'clock, set your phone so that you can then just go and be active on Instagram for about five to 10 minutes before and five to 10 minutes after that post happens. And if that's like a struggle for you, then you can actually, 
I would just say spending five minutes to like, like, and engage with people's posts. Mm -hmm. It's not asking a lot. So if you can't do it at nine o'clock, cause you know, every morning you have a standing client call at nine o'clock, then you might want to post at like eight 45 in the morning. Gotcha. I also will say this. I don't think that Instagram insights are like the most reliable place to know when most of your clients are online. I think your clients are online when you start to post. So like I've tried nine o'clock in the morning, I've tried five o'clock in the evening and I get more engagement when I'm like active a few minutes before and then I post. And so don't always kiss. Insights are just insights. They're not like absolute truth. Right. And so just for clarity around that, when you say that you're active five minutes before, 10 minutes before, it is actively going out and clicking on and engaging with someone else's content before you actually post your own and then doing that again right afterwards. Okay. All right. Good. And that can be in your feed. That can be in your Instagram stories. I mean, it doesn't have to be, and you don't even have to do like huge, a lot of it. You can do a a 10 minutes will go a really long way in Instagram. Mm -hmm. So if you're using a scheduler, try that and see what happens. And I think you'll see some boost in your, and Instagram giving you some more love back. I love it. All right, let's take one one other pivot. So you mentioned that you're a teacher and we were talking about you teaching yoga, but you're a professional teacher, right? By trade, (laughs) by training, right? (laughs) I am. This is my 14th year inside of the English classroom. I teach at a high school in Brooklyn. So it's fun. It's it's like the first year of teaching this year, though. Like we've been doing virtual for the whole year, so. Wow. You know what? God bless you because I give, there there are two professions that I just give complete and utter credit to. And one is the teaching profession because I could never deal with, it's just not my personality to deal with children all day or, you know, younger people all day and still like myself at the end of the day. And then the other profession is nursing. My mom has been a nurse for 50 plus years at this point, And she tried to get me to be a nurse. And I lasted maybe one semester in college in nursing. And oh I got through anatomy 101 and said, no, that's not my thing. Hence, I'm an accountant. But teachers and nurses, I, I just, I love you guys because it is something that I could never see myself doing, but I know how necessary and special it is and to, to be able to do that. And I think that both professions are some of the most under-recognized professions for what it is that you guys do, for the gift that you provide us. And I think it became so abundantly clear with this pandemic that we just don't give nurses and teachers and, and frankly, you know, what do you call it? Frontline workers at, at all the credit that, that you all deserve. And so thank you. Thank you for your service. As a military vet, I hear that all the time, you know, for me, but I, I, I try to tell people who are, you know, frontline workers today, thank you for your service because that's indeed what it is. It is service, right? Thank you so, so. much. Yeah. It's been such a year, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it we, we kind of have to look back and laugh at it. It's also definitely not how I anticipated when I thought about being a teacher when I was five years old. This is not, this is not yeah. like, yeah, yeah. All right. So we're getting ready to wrap up, but we always like to do our favorite rapid fire game before we do. And so it's a quick time where we, we just ask you a few questions about what are your favorite things? Are you game to play for a few minutes? I'm game. Let's do this. All right. Awesome. So. 
I know you're a teacher, so tell me, what's your favorite piece of literature? Because you said you're an English teacher. What's your favorite piece of literature to teach? I love teaching James Baldwin, my dark Struck, a letter to my nephew on the 100th anniversary of the Emancipation Proclamation. I love it. I love that. It's not what I expected. Okay. <laughs> I love it. All right. What's your favorite, as a yoga teacher, what's your favorite yoga pose? Ooh, uh, hot one. Okay. What's your favorite meal of the day, breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Ooh, brunch. Brunch? I love it. <laughs> uh, favorite type of music to listen to while you're working? Ooh, that's a really hard one. I would have to say I really like hip hop, but I have to go with lo-fi because I'll start singing along. Gotcha. Okay. And then do you have a favorite celebrity Instagram influencer that you follow? Follow a lot. Uh, I don't follow as many as I used to. Hey, Amber Ray, probably. Okay. She's got some like, okay. really great, like positive. I think she just took an Instagram break. I'm very sad. Oh, okay. And you said her name was Kay Amber Ray? Hey, Amber Ray. Like hey, H-E-Y. Ray. Yeah. She's writing a book though. I think she took a uh, break. I'll have to check her out because I trust you. So, all right. And then last question. Do you have a favorite thing to do on a lazy Sunday morning? Everybody here is over the age of 21. So I would say drink some mimosas and uh, sit around with my fiance. But I really like I love some mimosas. It. I love it. And congratulations very on your juice. upcoming wedding. <laughs> Thank you. Very, very little orange juice. I know. Like I'm living in New York has always been, you know, from the time I was really young, that was always one of the things that was on my dream board to to do. And I'm like way too, I won't say way too old, but like way too used to doing what I'm doing now I could never I, I can't imagine ever moving or whatever but I just love the idea of Sunday mornings in New York City and being able to go you know down to a cafe or something like that and just people watch and all of that kind of stuff so that's why I wanted to ask that question that was fun thank you so much for being a good sport I oh, appreciate thank it. you that was fun those were good <laughs> <laughs> I love it I love doing those all right so before we shut down for today I think you have something that you want to share with our audience right yeah. So a lot of times clients ask me, you know, how do you write really great captions? And so as an English teacher, I actually created something kind of what we give to our students. We call them sentence starters inside of the classroom. But here we're going to call them like Instagram captions. So there's 10 Instagram captions that you can, I say, plug, play, but edit. So use them for what you are, what you're looking at. And you can grab them at www.monicamonfrey.com. M-O-N-I-C-A, M-O-N-F as in Frank, R-E.com. And then the forward slash and then Instagram captions. I love it. I love it. We definitely will be sure to check that out. We will show make sure that we include those in the show notes as well, that link. So you guys can find those. So I know if anybody's probably in their notes app right now trying to write that down, <laughs> they may be freaking out a little bit, but we'll include it in the show notes. So don't panic. So awesome. that was really great. I appreciate that. And then where can we find you online? How can we connect with you? Obviously on Instagram, <laughs> but on Instagram. you're on other platforms too. Yeah, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook, Clubhouse, Twitter. LinkedIn, TikTok, and I made it really easy, which is one last piece of advice I'll leave everybody with. Try to have the same profile name as much as you can. So I'm just at Monica Monfrey on all platforms. I love it. I love it. We're the exact same way. This has been such fun. This has been so informative. We went a little bit long, you guys. You know, our episodes are typically around 15 or 20 minutes, but you know, Instagram is such a great topic. It allowed us to really dive a, a bit deeper 
into the conversation and into learning some of the things that we need to know as we build out, you know, phenomenal, not necessarily 10,000 follower Instagram uh, profiles, but impactful profiles, right? I, I think that that's the important thing. So Monica, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you spending some time and sharing all of this fantastic, fantastic knowledge with us. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. I'm so glad I got to be here. And I love that word impactful. Go be impactful. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Have a great rest of your day, you guys. Take care. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Spark Hustle Flow podcast. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other money pros just like you find the show and learn too. And if you want to hear more from me, follow Spark Hustle Flow across all social media channels and subscribe to my newsletter at sparkhustleflow.com backslash newsletter to get regular updates on what's happening in my world, weekly business development tips, and personal lessons I'm learning that can help you too. Again, that's sparkhustleflow.com backslash newsletter. That's it for this week. Remember, as always, be proactive, be productive, and be profitable. See you next week.